Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast, where we explore the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics around the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, 11-year type 1 diabetic and Diabetics Doing Things founder. Diabetics Doing Things is looking for sponsors. For more information, visit our website at diabeticsdoingthings.com forward slash sponsorships. This week's guest is Luke Byrne, the first ever type 1 diabetic to be certified by the Irish Amateur Boxing Association. All right, so we are live now, um, recording episode one of Diabetics Doing Things, uh, and our awesome. first uh, our first guest, uh, all the way from Ireland, uh, is Luke Bjorn. Um, thanks for joining us today, man. Um, no worries at all. And let's. Uh, I, I know we've already kind of talked about this, um, you know, in our conversations, but um, let's kind of go back and. Uh, we met each other through Twitter about three, two, three years ago. Oh, gotcha. Um, I was, uh, I was working with, uh, USA Boxing at the time. Um, and, you know, today's episode is Diabetics Doing Boxing. Um, you know, highlighting all the great things that diabetics are doing worldwide. Um. Okay, well, uh, I'm Luke Byrne. I'm 19. And I'm from a small county in the Midlands of Ireland called Bonford. And, uh, I was diagnosed with diabetes uh, five years ago, uh, six years in January, and uh, it was a tough time because I was only 14, and going through a lot of change anyways, and then uh, for about eight months before I was diagnosed, I was um, very sick, like I was thirsty all the time, needing the bathroom all the time. And Do you remember, uh, you said January 16th was the day you got diagnosed? January 6th. January 6th, that's so funny man, uh, my anniversary is January 1st. So Jesus. yeah, so right right in that same uh, right in that same week. That's crazy. I uh, in uh, in the United States, we you know we get Christmas break. I'm sure you get something similar. So like yeah. uh, right in the middle of Christmas break, I got diabetes, and then I like got out of the hospital the day before I was going back to school, and my mom made me go back to school. <laughs> I didn't even get to miss any class. Yeah, I was in the middle of exams at the time. So the day I got out of hospital, I went to, went straight to school and did an exam. <laughs> yeah, man, that's so funny. Uh, and uh, you know, everybody else. You know, some people are like, "Yeah, I don't feel good today. I need to miss class." And it's like, "Yeah, I didn't. I went to the hospital for five days, and uh, and I'm here." I was in for three weeks. Three weeks. For a week, but I caught swine flu while I was in there. Oh man, you caught swine flu? You said? Yeah, swine flu. Oh no. Oh, it was crazy. I was in isolation for like two weeks. That's unreal. That's... I didn't see anybody. <laughs> As if it wasn't enough that you got diabetes, then you got swine flu. Yeah, and then I didn't have the great bones. So I had like no Facebook, no anything. Crazy. Like I was drinking easily three or four pints of water at a time, and I'd do nothing. It was horrible. Yeah, I was shocked with how much water I could drink. It was, it was unbelievable. Um... So you're a, bo- you're a boxer, you know, you got an Olympic hopeful, um, yeah. you know, trying to make uh, the, the Irish Boxing uh, Commission boxing team, uh, and you're, you know, unique, you're the first uh, registered diabetic boxer uh, with the Ireland Boxing Commission. Talk a little bit about yeah. that. Well, um, two years ago now, and um, I started getting back into boxing, I did it when I was a kid, but then I stopped for school for education and stuff. And then um, I decided to get back into it when I was diabetic because I put on a lot of weight and I wanted to shift that weight. 
And then um, once I successfully done that, I just thought, like, why not get back into the ring? Like, I love doing what I, what I was doing with training wise and stuff, and I love sparring. So I just thought, why not give it a go again? And so then I went. Go on. Isn't it? Uh, you know, we we talk a lot about um, when you're when you're a diabetic, they give you a lot of things that they want you to do. Um, and uh, I was like, I was telling you a little bit earlier. You know, when I got diagnosed, I thought, oh no, my life's over. I'm not going to be able to do what I love to do. All I want to do is play basketball, and they're going to take that away from me. Uh, but my doctors were super encouraging and, uh, yeah. and we're like, no, you can do, and it, and it was so much better for you. Uh, even today, you know, I'm not playing basketball actively anymore, but, uh, I go play for fun and I feel so much better after, uh, you know, after I'm, uh, it's nice to put some work in. Yeah. Fun. Everything's, you know, it's at my ratios go down, you know, my blood sugar equalizes, uh, yeah. and it's, it's just great. It's a great feeling. It really is. But it's funny enough, like my my first endocrinologist, he's um, a Japanese doctor and he's absolutely fantastic. You know, I couldn't have got a better guy for when I first got diabetes. He really educated me on it all, and he was totally against boxing altogether. Just not for diabetics, just for nobody. He did not like it, head trauma, blah blah blah. <laughs> you know the usual doctor stuff that they say. And um, luckily, when I first applied for the for the license with the IABA, it's the Irish Amateur Boxing Association. They were like, no, outright, not happening, never has happened, never will happen. So I was like, right, okay. So I went to my dad and I told him. And he was like, surely there must be something we can do. Like, So he emailed them. And um, he was like, you know, this is discrimination. You know, my son is wanting to participate in for you guys, like trying to do his best for your country, for his country, and make you proud and blah, blah, blah. And then they got back to us and it must have went over six, six to eight months of emails back and forth and blah, blah, blah. And then um, eventually they were like, go see your endocrinologist and then if he gives you to go ahead, you know, then you're going to be free to do it. And I was thinking, oh no, like I'm never going to get the go ahead <laughs> off this guy. So anyways, I rang the hospital that day and they were like, oh yeah, okay, well, we want you to meet your new endocrinologist anyways. And I was like, okay, awesome. Like this is a new guy. So hopefully he'll be, he'll be a boxing fan or something. And it was an Irish guy. He'd just been, come back from Australia. And he'd been working with diabetic surfing in Australia. And he was telling me all about that and how obviously how dangerous surfing is for diabetics. So then um, I was like to him, right, well, I want a box. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, okay. So he checked me over, did my weight, body fat, and then did my bloods and everything. And he goes, there's literally no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it. As long as you manage your bloods as well as you have been the last the past three years, then you should be free to do it. So then uh, he, sta- he, he gave me the stamp of approval, sent that off, and two weeks later my boxing license came. And oh, that's was all awesome. The wait then, so. How cool is that? It was awesome. It was such a good feeling to get it. Yeah. So happy. I remember. Uh, I remember you tweeted me. I think uh, when it when it all came through, uh, yeah. and you know during that process, I remember your mom had also reached out to me via Twitter and talking about you know feeling discouraged and you know any, what what you guys could do and what what I did yeah. and. Uh, at that time, I was still trying and, uh, you know, actively trying to play basketball. Um, mm. And, you know, even when I got to, like, the pro level, I think, like, and part of the reason why um, we're doing what we're doing is to create awareness because, um, you know, just like the, the boxing commission, they said, oh, it'll never happen. It's never happened. It never will happen. Uh, you know, I was trying to keep uh, – I, I was able to manage my diabetes so well that I had to keep it a secret from teams that wanted to sign me because, you know, at that level – there's any, uh, 
you know, any reason to not sign somebody, they'll come up with, uh, you know, to pick somebody else over. And I had to have every advantage because I wasn't as good as a lot of these guys. So, um, yeah, I think that's, it's so cool to see how, uh, you know, a little bit of awareness, a little bit of proof, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm really healthy. Um, a hundred percent healthy. I should be able to do this. Like my mindset is the only difference between me and non-diabetic is I carry my pancreas in my pocket. That's it. That's the only difference. And as long as I have my head on me and I can just calculate my blood sugars and my insulin, I'm fine. I'm normal like everyone else. And I just wanted everyone to understand that. Like, cause even schools, like they'd be like to me, Oh, we'll put you in a room on your own for exams and you know, you get extra time and stuff. And I was like, I don't want any of that. Like, I just want to be treated like everyone else and do my exams and get everything done. And it was the same with the sport. Like, cause I don't want to be spe- treated specially for anything. And I just want to be treated like every other boxer that would be stepping into the gym. Because I used to have coaches, like, I know they're only looking out for me, but he used to be like, oh, you're okay, Luke, you know, you can sit this out if you want. But that would just motivate me to do better and run the extra mile or do another round of pads or hit that bag harder than anyone else. And it just turned out to what it was today, which is a successful boxer so far. So hopefully yeah. it's going. Uh, I th- and I think, you know, that, that type of motivation uh, makes you makes you stronger, not not weaker. Um, talk about, uh, you know, preparation. How do you, uh, you know, you wake up, you know, cause I, I had days where, you know, some days you just never know what your blood sugar is going to be like, right. You know, no. it could be just super low for no reason and, or high and not feel well. You ever had any days like that? Yeah. Um, funny enough, like my blood, my bloods do spike at the nighttime. So I wake up with like a really dry mouth every morning, no matter what. Hmm. So, um, since since my injury, because I was injured there over the summer, and I've only just recently came back three weeks ago, so I decided to give the caveman diet a go. And basically, what I'm doing now is I drink a pint of water in the morning, which is part of the caveman diet anyways, and it just totally refreshes you, wakes you up and everything. And I feel great after it too, because obviously my mouth, I'm not thirsty anymore. And then I take my insulin then, and I'm fine to go then in the morning. And just during the day then, I go off how I feel. If I don't feel great, then I'll check my blood sugars more than than I would normally. But if I feel fine, then I'll leave it till lunchtime, then till dinner time, then till nighttime. Like, I don't really have a set routine as such. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I test about four times a day, uh, you know, at different times, just depending on how I feel. Exactly. Um, you know, and I found, you know, you're talking about the caveman diet. I did a very similar uh, diet, like, twice in the last year or so. Or, you know, not, not needing any carbs, you know, or really just, you know, potatoes, everything's all natural, good oils and meats, and what a huge difference it makes. Oh, it's know. so good for you. It really is. I think I so used, I, uh, I almost was off of my bolus insulin completely, because I, I have a pump, so. Right, okay. Uh, so I got the, the, the pump is always, yeah. is, is always dripping, and I really like it. Um, I fought it for a long time, because I was like, oh, this isn't sexy. The, girl, the girls aren't going to like this. It's all always attached, yeah. but, uh, but I liked it, and... Uh, and I didn't even have to bowl, give myself shots for meals. Uh, my my blood sugar would be so flat throughout the day. It was it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, like during the day now, all I'm eating is like fruits and nuts until dinner. Then I have a meal. But like, I mean, the nuts have no carbs really. They're slow releasing, so that's fine. And the fruits that I'm eating, they would only I'd eat them before a workout. So I'm burning that sugar off anyways. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter to me. So nowadays I'm not even taking my bolus during the day either. Only for my dinner. And it's perfect, but like for months and months, like my mum was like, 
oh, you know, be careful with carbs and stuff. And like my mom worries more about diabetes than me, especially with diabetic. Like, yeah, that's because she's a good. That's because she's a good mom, right? Exactly. She looks out for me more than I look out for me. Like, and she's always done that. It's brilliant. Like, I appreciate it so much. Like, I wouldn't be as headstrong as I was without her. Like, cause she she always looks after me. Like, gets my insulin for me. Gets my strips and everything. It's fantastic. I don't know many who do that. Like, but um, now I don't even have to worry about the insulin as much because of the diet that I'm on. And it's fantastic. I feel much better as well on it. Yeah, but sometimes you like after insulin, like sometimes you can feel a bit sluggish and not ready for like the day. But now I'm just full of energy and ready to go. Like, well, and I think a lot of people don't realize like insulin is a depressant. You know, it oh, it brings you down. And uh, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll find myself just like in the middle of the day. You know, it's a work day or something, and I'm dragging, and I'm like, what's wrong? I feel weird. And then I'll check my blood sugar, and I'm, you know, you know, way much below 60 or something, you know, in, in, the, yeah. in the 40s or 50s. And it's like, oh, no wonder. Then I got to go, you know, get some sugar in me, and, and I immediately perk right back up. Yeah, like, I find that, like, even even then, even on a night out, like, and you could be like, I'm not having a good night tonight, and I don't know why, because I'm with all my friends, music's great, blah, blah, blah. Then go check your blood sugars, and there's your answer, pretty much, like, mm -hmm. It's pretty weird, but it's just the effect that it has, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately for my friends, if my blood sugar is high, I get real cranky. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I get real irritable and uh, kind of hard to get along with. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, mood is a big part of it. Um, Brilliant. How, uh, are, you talked about your mom. Uh, are you the, Is there anybody else in your family that has uh, diabetes, or are you the only one? Um, it's kind of weird. Like It's really off-set relatives. My dad's great-uncle would be the closest to me who have type 1 diabetes like I have a couple of relatives with type 2 but that's like over obesity and stuff mm -hmm. so I'm the only type 1 that I've ever met in my family so hopefully I'm just the unlucky gene and <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of where I'm at too there's, there's a lot of other stuff that goes along in my family maybe you know heart disease or something like that or uh, but no diabetes and not even like you know great uncle uh, your dad you know your dad's great uncle what, what have yeah. you uh, that's, a long, that's a long time ago <laughs> Is like four generations back, so you know, hopefully, it skips another four. Yeah, so. for real. I uh, I think about that a lot. I don't, you know, don't want to. Uh, what's one thing I don't want to pass along uh, if yeah, I can help it? Not the worst thing, though, in fairness, right? Yeah, and I think uh, you know, another thing, you know, talking about um, you know, going through day to day life and, and talking with people about um, about diabetes. Oh, yeah, I'm a diabetic, and they're like, oh, What? I, you know, you seem normal to me, um, yeah, you look different, or you know. Yeah, and, and, you know, like, they're like, oh, so you can't eat sugar? Or it's like, well, you know, I can, but I, you just have to count everything. And I think that's part of why we're doing this, right? Um, telling am amazing stories about people who uh, use diabetes as motivation to do, to accomplish great things, like, you know, what you're, what you're doing with boxing. Um, and, you know, even just going through everyday life, you know, not every diabetic is like Wilford Brimley. I don't know if you know who Wilford Brimley is over in Ireland, but he was like... He's a child star over here that has diabetes commercials. He's like, do you have type 2 diabetes? Yeah, diabetes. Diabetes. And so that's that's basically everybody's, you know, uh, first association with the disease. And I think that gives us a bad name. I think it just life. makes you more appreciative about every day. Because, I mean, like, when, especially when I was diagnosed at first, uh, like, I was only 14, so I was in a child's ward in the hospital where I was. And, I mean... There was kids with, you know, like cancer and stuff like that. And I was seeing parents so worried. And there, was, there was a kid, and I'm, I'll never forget him. He was only five, and he'd been rushed into my ward because it was the only place with a free bed. And he was in a really bad car accident. Hmm. He 
was badly disfigured in his face and he had marks all over him like and I was thinking Jesus and I've only got to stick a needle in my self a few days a few times a day like and like I was like wow I could be way worse off so it just made me appreciative that that's all I've got like because I think people are like oh my god I'd hate to have diabetes but then if you, if you actually did live with it you'd realize it's not terrible that's right like you know uh, 48 hours without insulin and we're probably in pretty bad shape but mm-hmm. other than that you know in terms of diseases that you got to use or carry with you for the rest of your life you know it's not so bad um, exactly. and now I mean I can't imagine how di- it was probably super difficult for your great uncle or your you know your great great uncle uh, be- I'm blind yeah because you know there's no treatment but now you know the treatment's pretty good there's a lot of technology um, I've seen some phone apps coming out. They got the continuous glucose monitor. I, I don't know. I, I, I want to try to get on one of those here in the next little while. Try to figure out. It really is. So I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's super manageable. It's uh, if you take care of yourself, because I know a lot of people yeah. that don't. Um, and I think those people are obviously like uh, the minority of, of people. Like the the worst extreme cases always get the most publicity. Yeah. Um, but man, there's some I mean, cool there's some cool stories from people who just test their blood sugar four times a day and count every carb that they eat and exercise, and uh, and then just carry on living their life. That's just another thing that they balance. Um, so what do you? Uh, how, how's your routine different? Um, or you know what what are things that you uh, that you do, are there things you used to do all the time um, that you don't do anymore? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I suppose it's kind of hard to kind of categorize my life from now and then because I was only 14 then like I'm a grown man now so it's very different but I suppose like back when I was younger I wouldn't think anything of reaching into the fridge and grabbing a chocolate bar or you know going out and just staying up all night and you know doing whatever but like now like I'd be like to myself right I'm eating at this time and that is the time I'm eating and that's it I wouldn't be going in and grabbing stuff that I don't need to eat or I, I, if I was going to be going out, I'd make sure that I had enough insulin with me and stuff, and I'd just be more strict on myself. But I'd never stop myself from doing something I wanted to do, even now, like. And that's the thing. That's the thing that's good, like, because, like I said earlier, the only thing I think is different about myself now and then was my pancreas work back then. It doesn't now. That's all that's changed about me, really. It's like if I had to go to the movies now, something that I've never been able to resist, and probably should, my doctor would probably slap me if I told him, like, bonbons I just I love bonbons yeah <laughs> just, I know it's just a ball of sugar but I will take my insulin for it and I will be fine yeah um, because bonbons are great <laughs> they're, bonbons. they're terrible for you but they're great uh, and it'll risk once a month is okay like I, I don't mind it yeah and you're training really hard anyway so it just goes exactly. right, your body yeah, absorbs it right day. away uh is there what? What do you carry with you all the time? I know you said you, you keep your uh, you keep your pancreas in your pocket with your pen. Yeah. Uh, what what other stuff do you carry with you? Um, my blood tester, and I have I don't know if you have it in America, but um, they're called Lucasade tablets. Basically, it's like Gatorade but in tablet form. Hmm. And it's just quicker and easier to carry around with you, obviously. And if you need to take it quick, all you have to do is take these tablets and they're gone. So. They just make sure that I'm okay if I have a low blood sugar or something. They're, they're small. They're easy to take around with me. So. And they, uh, how many carbs are in them? They, they got a lot of sugar in them? Oh, a crazy amount, yeah. I mean, I think there's like 100 per capsule. Wow. They're, cra- they're, they're literally such, like, it's just such refined sugar in just a small little block. So they're like sugar cubes, basically. 
huh, I got to, I got to get me some of those. Cause that's, that's tough. Like, you know, sometimes if your blood sugar is really low, you need like two Gatorades, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and even then, or like two Cokes, but like drinking Coke, man, it, I don't know. It makes, gives you a headache and all that stuff too. I think <laughs> lots of it in succession either. What, what were those called? What are those tabs called? Uh, Luxe tablets or there's, there's ones that are de- dextrose tablets. They're okay. not as nice, but they 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 do the same job, you know. All right, I'm gonna have to see if I can get me some of those. Figure out figure out a way to get me some of those tablets. That's pretty cool. Like I mean, six of those, and you're right as rain if you have a bad hypo lag. So yeah, Ooh. pretty handy. Um, what uh, do you got any? You know, on that note, you got any crazy low or high blood sugar stories? Only one. Uh, it's kind. Of, it's really abnormal, actually. Um, I never sleepwalk ever. And, uh, this, <laughs> this, this is already this is already a great story. <laughs> Can't wait. I, I got out of my bed and like I was totally asleep. I do not remember this at all. And uh, I went into my parents' room and I woke up my mum and I was telling her like she's really afraid of clowns and I was telling her that there was clowns coming to get her and that she needed to go. And she was like, oh, my God, he's having a bad hypo. Like, cause she could see I was as white as a ghost and I was really sweaty. And she was like, "Why? Right, okay, got to get him back to bed and wake him up. So then um, she, she kept on trying to get me back to bed and I could dump, walk it off. And, like, I was just obviously in bad shape, like. And then eventually she got me back to my room and woke me up. And I was just so disoriented. Like, it was like I was really drunk. I just did not know what was, what was going on. And then she's like, right, take these tablets. And I took them. And she gave me some chocolate bars and stuff. And I took them. That's fine after about five minutes, but I don't recall any of it, apart from the get, getting better stage. Like I don't recall getting out of bed or anything. It was just really weird. My bloods were, uh, well, let's say in American terms, they'd be about nineteen. Oof. Like they were crazy low. Like. Yeah, I think the were, I think the lowest I think I've ever been is eighteen, uh, and I felt terrible. I was like, oh no. But I like literally when I kind of came back to myself. I just literally, like, what just happened? Like, it was crazy. My mum was kind of half crying, half laughing. <laughs> she was so worried. But at the same time, when she knew I was all right, she, was, she thought it was funny then, you know. But yeah, that was, that's really the only one that I have, really. And uh, isn't it funny how, like, when you're coming back from that, you feel like Super Mario, you're, like, you're eating a mushroom, and you're just, like, gro- you're <laughs> growing, like, oh, exactly. you that. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, the best way I could describe it is, like, if you could personify a car on red. Yeah. I would feel it's like just really weird. Like it's just like you're running on nothing. Yeah, you, you can't accelerate as fast. You know, you feel, yeah, you yeah, feel it's, weird. It's weird. The balance is off. Hmm. It's a crazy feeling. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good analogy. Um, what do you uh, you know? Have you have you met any other like diabetic? Encountered any other diabetic friends or anything like that? There's a there's a girl in my class in college who's diabetic, and she she has a pump as well. Like she seems to handle it pretty well. She's a lot more strict on herself than I would be, but um, I, I mean, like it's different things for different people, and sure. So what works for her might not work for me. What works for me might not work for her. But we don't really talk about it too much. I mean, diabetes, like it wouldn't be the first thing I tell people. Like even my friends are kind of like, "Geez, I forget you're diabetic until you stab yourself." Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. And uh, like until, when I whip out the insulin, like, oh yeah, you've diabetes. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't. Sometimes it, it, forget sometimes. It doesn't go away. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, yeah, like, she seems to handle it pretty well, and, like, she seems to live a pretty normal life, too, so, you know, it doesn't seem to stop the people that I know, and, like, I go to hospital every three months for my checkups, mm-hmm. 
and like a clinic, so like loads of diabetes, better people go there. And they, they all seem pretty healthy as well and happy. So like, I don't really know too many diabetics, but the ones that I do know are happy enough. And that's the thing about this as well, is sometimes you don't know who they are. Yeah. Uh, you, don't, you don't know who's the diabetic, and, and I find myself surprised sometimes. I think probably like three or four times I've been in line at like a restaurant or a Chipotle or uh, yeah. and my like, because my pump has this like little cord, you know, that, that okay. pl- plugs into my body and like, so it's in my pocket and so the little cord sometimes sticks out. So someone yeah. will come up and they'll be like, hey, like I saw your cord, like I've got one too. And, uh, and so they know, know what they're looking for. Um, yeah. and, and that's cool, I think, you know, see, meeting other people and because we're quiet about it. You know, we're not, oh, yeah. it's not something that, you know, everybody broadcasts because it's not embarrassing, but. No, I'd never be embarrassed. I mean, no. I could go anywhere, like any restaurant, doesn't matter whether it's in a five-star restaurant or a McDonald's. I'm sitting there, I'm ready to eat. I'm going to take on my insulin and check myself in the place. I'm not going to go somewhere private and do it. If someone wants to look, let them look and take pictures. Like, I don't mind. Like, it's just my thing. And they're, they're able to eat without having to do it. So, like, it's not their problem. Like, if they do have a problem with it, then they shouldn't. That's just my opinion on it. I'm, I, I'm the same way, man. I think, I used to get upset. Because, uh, you know, I was I was proud of who I am with, with my diabetes and uh you know, I, I was gonna not gonna be discriminated against, just like you know that letter that your dad wrote. Um, and I think I remember talking to the, your parents about that. Like it's it's discrimination, and a lot of people think they, like they look at diabetes and like, oh, they must have done something to get that. Um, yeah, exactly. But there's nothing you can do. You know, you just one day, your your pancreas and cells turn on each other, and no one knows why. Uh, and, you know, so trying to trying to create awareness, trying to you know do our part. Um, you know, it's, exactly. we, we just got to spread the word to try to get that cure done, man. That's the truth. Because it's not about us, it's like about people down the line. Because there might not be people as headstrong as people like ourselves, and they could totally go on a downward spiral. So you just got to make sure that people know, like, it is okay to be diabetic, and it is okay to be different, and whatever they have to do to deal with it, like, it's okay. And I think not enough people realize that, like, yeah, I, like yeah, insulin can be a depressant, like, and people can get pretty down over it. So, you know, raising awareness is definitely very important. If uh, if you had to say, you know, if you could say one thing to somebody who, uh, you know, had just gotten diabetes or was wanting to be an athlete, or um, you know, what would you, what would you tell somebody who was, you know, just starting out on this journey? I'd be really, really cheesy, and I would tell them, don't let anyone stop you from doing what you want to do. And like, it's the truest thing that I could ever tell someone. Because, I mean, unless you have no limbs at all and can't move, don't let someone try and stop you. Because, I mean, like, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Sir Steve Redgrave. I don't think I have. He was a rower for um, Great Britain, and he's loads of gold medals, type 1 diabetic, in, in rowing, like. And that's such a tough sport. And, I mean, like, he has multiple gold medals. And I just look at him and I think, wow. I mean, if he can roll that hard and that fast for such a length of time, I can go in a ring and beat somebody up, like, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, no one should be able to not do what they want. Because, I mean, I read, um, like, I love the Guinness World Record books. I'm a big collector of them. I, have, I must have, like, at least 15 years of them all around. And last year, I read them, and there was one for boxing. There was a guy with one hand. He had just a stump on his right hand, yet he could still box. Hmm. And I was like to myself, and these guys are going to try and stop me from boxing when I just have a broken pancreas. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So, like, 
like all I'd say to them is just look after yourself and you will be alright like but if you don't it's, it's up to you it's like how your life pans out with diabetes is totally up to you do you know it is literally your call but if you want to be an athlete and you're already fit and you're ready to go then you should be ready to do it 100% so uh, what, what's next for you what are we going to see at a, a, you know now you, you got your injury rehab you're going into, going into 2016 um, you know, what are we going to see from Luke Bjorn, sugar-free Luke Bjorn in the, in the ring here in the next couple of years? Um, well, next year, the plan is now is just, I'm literally just cutting weight. It's so bad and right now, just running with bin bags and doing a lot of hit training and uh, just getting that weight down. And then up in New Year, start getting back into the boxing gym, start getting sparring again. And um, hopefully bring an Irish title home next year. And then after that then, be looking to get on to the Irish squad, start representing my country worldwide, and um, see how that goes, and see where I go with the high-performance squad. I mean, we've actually recently lost our head coach to the USA women's team. He um, he moved and took over them, like, and that's great for women's boxing in America. That's, yeah, it's, su- it's super big for us. We actually, you know, just finished our women's trials Yeah. Uh, over here. I was following that pretty Billy close. Walsh, I, I know Billy Walsh personally, and... He's a great guy. Like you, you couldn't get a better man for the job. So like that's kudos to you. Like that's that's amazing. That's a big get. That's a big win for uh, you know women's boxing in the U.S. is growing so much. Uh, you know I'm yeah. really happy with you know all the all the girls that are involved with that. Uh, they do an yeah. awesome job. So uh, hopefully now, like we get quite good coverage in Ireland. Because obviously boxing is literally our main sport, really, apart from the GAA and rugby. Like amateur wise, our uh, boxing is our best. So we get like national coverage for the national finals and stuff. So it'd be cool to make the TV and like get a bit of a name for myself, especially with the Sugar Free um, nickname that I have for myself. So um, we'll see what we'll see what happens with it, and we'll just see where the road takes me until twenty twenty, and hopefully I get to Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, you should go, man. I you know I'm I'm pulling for you. I think obviously, and uh, you know. I just got back from Tokyo myself. I was there visiting. Uh, it'd be a cool place to, to go box for the Olympics, I'm telling you that. I mean, like, I'm undefeated so far as a senior. So hopefully I'll just keep that streak going in 2016 and, you know, keep knocking people out and just get on my way to the to get that plane ticket. Yeah, so. that's right, man. Well, uh, you know, I, I, wish you the, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Yeah, man, uh, and I, you know, obviously, I'm gonna keep in touch with you. You know, super excited that you came on uh, on the show. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind-the-scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to Rob at DiabeticsDoingThings.com. <laughs>